episode 64. Oh yes, that's the spot. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the 7 Days of Sex Challenge. Featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about orgasms. So uh, And G-spots. And G-spots and... Um, and sexual stuff and sexual stuff so if you typically listen to this around your kids or in a more public place and you're not necessarily comfortable with that um please listen at a later date okay so getting caught up on our week before we jump into that um we had an impromptu date night this week we did we did it was kind of a very random unexpected blessing uh, Friday afternoon. So I was picking up Abby. We got, I got a phone call from a girlfriend um, who has two kids, just about our kids ages. And she said, you know, we'd love to have the kids over for dinner and a play date this afternoon. Um, if that works for you guys. And so I called Tony and said, you know, what do you got going on? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, we, we weren't very hesitant. Yeah. Of picking that one up. We hardly ever say no when somebody wants to give us a date night. And I had already had plans to go scrapbooking with a girlfriend. So that was on the calendar. Um, and I had committed to that. So it was just, it was really, we had a couple of hours. Yeah, we didn't have much. And because I had had a long day with work. So, you know, and you'd had, we're doing some things with the kids. Yeah, all the research studies this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our kids do research studies and make pretty darn good money. That's why the, we never get anything done at the, our house because... Because why they make, make why better make, money. Yeah. Why, why make a 50 cent commission when they can go do a study and make anywhere from five to $25? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that, that gets Alex motivated. Yeah. So we, we only had a couple hours and it was funny cause I posted something up on the one Facebook fan page and, and it was cool. Uh, we got a couple of responses and one was from Samantha and she said, you know, make a, a fun dinner at home together. Perfect great idea because you know what we really didn't feel like eating out so that was that and then michael said hey a quickie and sort of the the little wink and you know what it's a quick date night you got to add a quickie to it so why not so i i think that the thing we're trying to share here with you is that whenever those opportunities arise make the most out of it mm-hmm. you know we we had two hours that's what that's what we had and you know, we could have sort of him and hot and done nothing and just sort of moped around and not taken some action. Right. And, and I'm not saying moped or not, not moped around like we were sad or anything, but I'm just saying we didn't have anything planned and we could have just left it like that. Right. Cause and, there's always something that you could be doing. Like I could, you know, we could have gotten started on the laundry. We could have, you know, right. straightened up the house. We could have done all of these other things, but we'd been given the gift of time. Or played video games or whatever, whatever it is you do, you pick up your magazine or pick up your book right. or whatever it may be. But like you said, just that we'd been given the gift of time and you know, you need to, however those opportunities present themselves to you, you know, if a girlfriend says, Hey, I'll take the kids for an hour. Okay. Well that's 60 minutes together that you didn't have 
mm-hmm. 20 minutes ago. So if you've not had an opportunity to connect, if you've been really busy, you need to say, you know what? All of that stuff can wait. It can wait. And that's something I, I said the very first time we ever spoke about our 60 days of sex. Somebody had raised their hand and said, well, what about the dishes? What about the dirty clothes? And I remember saying at that point in time, and it holds true very much to this discussion that we're having right now, that stuff, the dishes, the laundry, the straightening up that you have to do, the book that you want to read, the whatever is on your to-do list, I can guarantee you, it'll be there in an hour. Mm -hmm. It'll be there tomorrow. Trust me, if I leave the dishes in the sink, they are still there in the morning. No genie comes in and cleans them at night. But I don't have that same promise with my spouse. Yeah. And and not to be a bummer, but I mean, that's just the reality. Tony, you know, was out for eight hours on his bike today. You know, around a lot of moving vehicles, some of whom are not friendly to cyclists. I don't have the guarantee every time he goes on his bike ride, he's coming home. Although we'll keep that going. That, That streak has been... Right, but I'm just saying. Yeah, let, let's not talk like that. No, I know you've got solving coming up. But, you know, it's just like you go to work. Yeah. And you're on, you know, 10 different freeways because you're mobile with your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But things can happen. Th- things so you happen have to take day. advantage of every opportunity that you are given to spend time with your spouse. And I'm not saying you always have to have sex, but you need to connect. And I think a big thing here in our book, we have a chapter called Take the Lead. And that chapter is is really sort of specified and specific to sexual intimacy. You know, make it, make sex happen in your marriage. And by doing that, take the lead. But on an opportunity like this, husband, if you're driving home, maybe just take the lead. Go grab something to eat if you so choose. Maybe you run to the grocery store and pick up some items and you're going to cook them together. Make the opportunity worthwhile. Absolutely. And, and and by doing that, sometimes we got to get out of our comfort zone and we got to just take the lead, make it happen. Don't ask questions. I know sometimes with Elisa and I, the, the worst thing we can do when it comes to these is always ask each other, well, what do you want to do? Well, what do you want to do? Before you know it, we've wasted the darn two hours and nothing has happened. Sometimes we just want the other to do it. And sometimes as a spouse, we just need to do it and serve our spouse. So uh, it was a wonderful time. I mean, it was, like I said, it was sort of a whirlwind of a, of a, um, evening just real quick. And then once Elisa was gone, I had maybe about a half an hour, 45 minutes before I had a jet and pick up the kids. And it, it was fun. I mean, kids fell asleep on the couch watching a movie and I was asleep and didn't hear Elisa come home. I came home late. I was yeah. You're chit-chatting with your girlfriend. Chit-chatting, but Mm -hmm. you know, it it is one of those things where you know we're always encouraged. You know, it's that whole seize the moment, carpe diem. Mm -hmm. Um, it's part of it's that aspect of the intimacy lifestyle that says, you know what, you are important to me. Intimacy is a priority in our marriage, and when you make it a priority, you look at those windows of opportunity and say, ah. Gold mine. Right. <laughs> we we just won the lottery. I, um, I like the carpe diem, and I mean that should be something we we even have here in our home. You know, seize the moment. Mm-hmm. The moment is here. Let's take it. 
Let's enjoy it in our busy and hectic lives with kids and running around and businesses and things like that. We do need to seize the moment. And fortunately for Elisa and I, we get to do that weekly talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we we seize the moment for 45 minutes to an hour every week where we get to chit chat with ourselves and, and with you guys. So make it happen in yours. Absolutely. And, and that communication factor, you know, as we head into tonight's topic on orgasm is, is so critical. Um, you know, it's been, it's been so overstated the communication aspect to marriage. Um, you know, you hear it over and over again. You need to work on communication. You need to have communication, you know, to the point where I think we almost tune that out Mm-hmm. where we've stopped hearing how important that is because, well, every marriage podcast, every counselor, every psychologist says, oh, you've got to have good communication. You need to work on your communication. Well, the reality is, is yes, you can have sex without communication. I, I mean, you can. Sure. It, happens. It, it's a purely physical act. It's a form of communication, but it be, it becomes reduced almost to a very base experience and you know as we talk about orgasm and we talk about how that happens in a marriage and the factors that are involved one of the things you have to understand is that you've got to be communicating with your spouse yeah you know you've got to be able and you've it's got to feel safe to say what does and doesn't feel good right and you know, it's really kind of funny how this topic even came up because, you know, Thursday, um, you know, towards the end of every week, we start to say, you know what, what are we going to talk about this when week? We, this week when we podcast. And I looked at Tony and I said, I don't know, we haven't had the conversation yet that has prompted us to say, you know what, that's the topic this week. And so Friday morning, we go out um, to breakfast with some friends. And they're a little bit older than we are. They've been married 30 years. 30 years. And, you know, we're talking about the book and we're talking about what's going on with one. And, and the wife looks at us and she says, you know, what's really sad. And of course we're both, what? And she says, I've got friends. You got to figure they're in their fifties. I've got friends who have never had an orgasm. And I think my jaw hit the table. Yeah. Because I was thinking, oh my gosh, that's like 30 years of sexual experiences and you've never had an orgasm. Female. Has Female. Ne- yes. Yes. Because typically us a, guys a are, are very easy, are not very easy, but we can ejaculate much easier. Yes. Yeah. It, it's not often a problem. No. Unless you get ED or you, you have issues. Th- there like are, that. yeah, there are, or, you know, you're trying to go 60 days in a row. Or you're trying to go you 60 know, days or, like or even seven days in a row. Sometimes you get real tired and you can't get it up. So, you know, here we are, we're talking about women who have never had an orgasm and, you know, where Tony and I are in our marriage, that is not currently an issue for me to have an orgasm. So let's, at this point though, let's, let's backtrack to the early years of marriage though, and sort of walk everybody through because I think that's the story that needs to be shared. Zero. (laughs) Zero. Zero orgasm. If it happened it early was a on fluke. in our early on in our marriage, yes, and and when I say early on, we've been married fourteen years, going on fifteen, and I would say that's probably the first handful of years, yeah, you know, 
And a lot of it was just on my part, not being educated. I had had this understanding that penetration or intercourse, I as a man should be able to turn my wife on and have an orgasm this way. I wasn't aware of, you know, how this thing worked. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you it, that. It's the fundamental difference between male and female anatomy. That, right. Not fundamental, but it, it's one of the big differences that we don't orgasm in the same way. Right. And on Elisa's part, it wasn't that she wasn't enjoying herself, but she wasn't sharing with me. This is where we talk about this lines of communication. We lacked that in our marriage early on. So it wasn't a place where she would come to me and say, Hey, this is what you need to do. And I don't even know if you knew what needed to be done. Probably not. I, 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 I mean, looking back, I don't think so. I think it was, you know, self-discovery or, you know, couple of discovery that we've made over the years, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And and we weren't talking about it. So oh, no. I wasn't I wasn't aware. You know what I mean? Elisa was from what I could understand, it very good at faking it. We'll be talking about that in a minute or two. Okay. So we went a handful of years not communicating this to each other. Me being able to ejaculate, Elisa not having an orgasm me thinking she was and how did we finally overcome this i you know i've i've been trying to think about that as we've talked through this topic um i think it was just as our communication got better you know Mm -hmm. and we spent more time in foreplay and you know yeah i don't even think early on we even really had foreplay did we i don't think so yeah Uh, sex was not good in the early years Okay, thank you very much. You've said it before too. This is not the first time this has come out on this podcast. <laughs> so they'll go back and I'm sure somebody will tell you that you said it first. I know. I've said it before. Um, I mean, not that it was horrible. It was just, it's so much better now. Right. That when you look back, it really wasn't good. And partly it was the lack of communication. Partly it was just, you know, I didn't have that great an understanding about my body and how it worked and, you know, the different types of orgasm. You know, for a woman, she can have a vaginal orgasm through penetration, or she can also have a clitoral orgasm, which can be, you know, there are a lot of different ways to stimulate the clitoris. Usually external finger vibrator. Yes. Um, you know, oral. Oral. Um, you know, basically it's there and, you know, for different women, it's going to be stimulated in different ways. The clitoris. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what we've learned over the years is that I tend not to have vaginal orgasms. Very rare. It is very rare. But for clitoris... And, and I just want to say this. As a guy, that's the only way I knew about it. I, I Honestly, that is the only thing I understood. So I would seriously be making love to Elisa and just like, for crying out loud, woman, have an orgasm. Like, I thought it was my goal for her to orgasm this way. And I was missing the point because I wasn't asking her any other questions. I just figured if she did great, if not, well, at least I was able to ejaculate and move on, you know, and and partly not partly, but 
a large, I bore a lot of responsibility for this because I did get very good at faking it because I thought that that's how I was supposed to orgasm. And since I wasn't, then, you know, you get into the whole, well, if I'm not, then, and he's expecting it. How do I get him off of me? Yes. Yes. How do I end this? Because if he's, if he's got a goal to make it happen, and I know it's not going to happen, then I've got to find, I've got to have some kind of cue Mm -hmm. that we're good and he can finish up now. Right. So if you're doing this. You need to stop and have a conversation with your spouse. Um, And you need to let them know because when they do find out that you're faking it, it's not a pleasant conversation because, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. This is something that we've talked about. You thought you were satisfying me. Yeah. Because I didn't tell you that you weren't. And we, you know, so we wasted a lot of time not learning what was going to satisfy me by me essentially lying to you. Right. And and that's what faking it is. Right. It's lying to your spouse. Yeah. And, and this week, uh, Elisa and I had the opportunity to make love three times. And hello, intimacy lifestyle. <laughs> yes. I mean, hey, every <laughs> once in a while, we, we added a little extra one in there. And here's the thing, though. In the three times this week, two of the times Elisa didn't orgasm. One time she did. And you know what? Our communication is so open at this point in time. And like Elisa said, she likes clitoral uh, stimulation. So if it's getting to the point where she's just like, it's not going to happen. It's where I am or whatever. She'll just let me know. She's like, you know what? Go get the condom. It's cool. I don't take it as I'm not satisfying my wife. I don't take it to feel guilty now that we're going to have sex. Um, I look at it and go, you know what? This is a communication we have built up, the trust we have built up. I would rather Elisa tell me honestly and truthfully that she's not going to have one tonight, but we can still have intercourse or we can still make love. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what? The satisfaction is still there on both of our sides. You know, it's still good. It's still much a hundred, a thousand times better than Elisa faking it by all means. And you know, the one time that she did, it was wonderful. She she completely enjoyed it. It it, it was great. Right. And you know, going back to this faking thing and, and, lying to your spouse part of what needs to happen ladies is that you and your spouse need to discover together what feels good to you and and for some of you listening one this whole topic may be a stretch you you know i hope you haven't turned us off and you're still listening um because and of course this will be the episode my mom listens to again but my mom never had this conversation with me Mm -hmm. we i mean come on we're not talking we like I didn't happen in my house. I'm laughing even just thinking about my mom having this conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff, but we never, you know, we never really had the sex talks. And so, you know, I didn't have that information and your girlfriends kind of joke about it and everybody kind of jokes about faking it. But unless you spend some time figuring out what feels good to you Mm -hmm. with your husband, how are you going to know? How are you going to be able to say, you know what, honey, don't, don't touch me there. Touch me here. I like the way this feels or I like it when you do this. It's this your time to works for me. Right. And it's your time to strip down. I mean, <laughs> that that's our book. It's time to strip down and in this and in this area, 
couple exploration is fabulous. I mean, what a way to get to learn more about each other than in this way. Because think about it. If you're not both being satisfied, what's the enticement mm-hmm. to have sex with each other? Right. You know, a, a husband's, if your wife isn't achieving orgasm, that might be, and I'm, I'm just saying a might, because there are always other factors, but it might be one of the reasons why she doesn't want to have sex as often as you would like. Mm-hmm. Ladies, if you're not achieving orgasm, it might be one of the reasons why you don't want to have sex with your husband all the time because you can recognize that his needs are being met. He's being satisfied. He's having that sexual release. Mm-hmm. Think of how wonderful it would be if you both were. Think about what would happen if you said, can we try this? Can we, can, can we you know, try that? Can you put your hands here? Can you rub me like this? Can you, you know, chances are he's not going to say no to you. Right. And, and for Elise and I, we had to go down this road and we took baby steps. You know, we would approach sex early on when we were trying to figure this out with a, okay, this is what I like. Elisa would physically touch herself because she was able to then grab my hand and go, I want your hand here. This is where you need to rub. And it was sort of funny because this week, I want to, yeah, I think it was this week I was trying to stimulate Elisa and I was rubbing and she, and she sort of like looks over at me and she's like, you're too high. You're on the bone. <laughs> and you know what? We can, we don't laugh in the moment. We can laugh. Oh, sometimes now. we do. Yeah. Sometimes we do. But, you know, we can laugh now, but in the moment, it's 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 enough for me to go, oh, well, where do I need to be? And sometimes she won't even say anything. Right. She will grab my hand and she'll just place it where it needs to be. And it's a little ding, ding, ding in my head going, oh, crud, I was off, you know, because I'm getting excited too. I, I mean, and for her, though, years ago when she mm-hmm. was doing self-exploration, And usually we did this as a couple. Mm -hmm. We were in bed together. She wasn't masturbating on her own trying to get herself pleasure. And we're not telling you to go do that. But together we would do that. And I would see and I would watch what was happening. She would go, okay, this is what it, this is where it feels good. Right. And, and that's for those of you for whom this is a difficult topic Baby steps are key, mm-hmm. you know, because some people have been raised in homes where the discussion of sex does not happen and it's a very taboo topic. And, you know, we know from emails that we've received from some of you that, you know, in, in some respects, you've even been taught that it's dirty and that, you know, th- there are some things that you have to overcome to even be able to touch yourself. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I'm not saying, okay, just full speed ahead, you know, bull in a china shop. Just go out there and figure out what feels good the next time you both are in bed. It's a process. And it's a process that can bring the two of you so close. Because as you're learning about each other's bodies and 
you know, I mean, we've been married 14 and a half years. We're still learning what feels good. And, and can, I, can I go for, for a guy yeah. as well? There are certain touches that you enjoy that turn you on. It's not just, how can I say this? I, you don't always just want to be jacked off. Right. You, you want to be. You're talk- talking from the male perspective. Yeah. As a, okay. as a man, I just don't want Elisa just jacking me off. I want, I want her to touch me in areas that stimulate me. Mm-hmm. And so it helps when you are able to describe to your wife during the foreplaying arena or foreplay time to be able to move her hands where you like. Now, again, it's a process. She may not feel comfortable. You may not be feel comfortable doing what, what she would like for you to do. Again, it allows you guys, though, time to communicate together. And sometimes, I mean, we've done stuff where it's just like, that was just, that just didn't, didn't work. work. It just didn't work, you know? And so we've had to go, yeah, that was, we didn't like it. So let's not do that. Right. Um, we always believe in that for the two of you to have the ultimate sexual experience. Both of you have to be in agreement. Mm-hmm. If I try to force something upon Elisa that she does not want, it is not good. And I will advise you that it is not good for you to do that either. Male and female, husband and wife. It goes both ways. It's the fastest mood killer there is. It is. And I've done it before. Mm-hmm. You know? And you go from zero to 100 to 100 to zero very quickly. Very fast. Yes. And. And you get blue balls because <laughs> you're frustrated sexually. Because you are, and but it it's also the m- mental component of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know because you know whichever side of that equation you're on that your spouse is not in a good place. Yeah, and so you know achieving orgasm is such an amazing experience. If you haven't had it. Once you, once you get there, you'll never want to fake it again. Right. Because you can't even begin to fake as good as it is. Yeah. And then when you get to the point of multiple. But that, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a whole nother topic. But you know what? L- let's talk more about the G-spot. What it is, where it's located. Let's give a little anatomy here. We're also going to have a link on this post to where you can find the uh, information about that. Yeah. Cause I actually, I had to look this up because you know, we talk about the G spot and you know, like I'm like, okay, well yeah, I think I know it, but what, you know, what is it? Like the actual name of it? Well, like the name of it and where is it supposed to be? Not where is it supposed to be, but where is it? Well, you're right. Well, right. <laughs> where it, is it? It should be in about the same, same place spot yeah. for most women. But because I, because this is not, how I achieve orgasm. It's not like I can be like, Oh yeah, I know when he penetrates there, but I think this is a good point where we can talk about the G spot and then clitoral stimulation anatomy, giving a little bit of the anatomy. So let's do that. Um, I actually, and like I said, we'll post this, um, in the show notes, but I went to Wikipedia and just, you know, Googled G spot. Um, and it actually refers, it's named after this guy, last name Graffenberg. 
and he calls it the bean-shaped area of the vagina. And it's, what does it say here? It's just mm-hmm. a couple, like one to three inches up the vaginal wall. So, you know, one of the interesting notes here, I just have to say. The G-spot is one to three inches inside. Inside. Okay. Yes, on the anterior wall. So the top, like closest to the belly button, mm-hmm. that okay. area. Um, or that side, you know, your front side, anterior. And one of the interesting comments they made in here was that it is difficult to achieve orgasm, vaginal orgasm through the missionary position because of the angle at which the penis, the penis is, is in there. inserted. Yes. So what did he suggest to get vaginal orgasm? They actually just, they didn't suggest other positions so much, just making note of the fact that, that missionary, missionary position is difficult to achieve orgasm that way, which you know goes back to the fact that Many people do missionary missionary position is very common. It's obviously probably the most common position that you're in. And so if you're not achieving vaginal orgasm, that might be be because of your sexual position. And in our book, we talk about change it up. Positions is one of those ways to do that. One of those ways to do that. And we have talked about if you need ideas, we have used in the past the joy of sex Mm -hmm. book. There was also, do you remember that one website with the... Uh, stick figures? Yeah. No, oh. Stick figures, they were like wooden... We'll, we'll, we'll have, have to, to look that. Yeah, we'll have to see if see we can find that. That was, that was rad. You know, it was... <laughs> that was because so great. they were like wooden... Figures. Wooden figures. They were completely, um, I won't say asexual, but there, there was no definitive characteristics right. to them. And so it was a way of... There were like a lot of different positions on it. Yeah, I mean, some of it was just weird, but... Just ideas and, and a visual representation without it being actual people. Um, so we'll have to see if we can find that. But okay, so you've got the vaginal G spot, mm-hmm. you know, one to three inches inside, hard to achieve orgasm missionary position, which is the most common. Then you've got the clitoris, which is external. So, uh, so a woman could actually achieve orgasm. In two ways. One is the G spot and one would be clitoral stimulation because of the clitoris. You're not actually rubbing the G spot. You're rubbing the clitoris, right? Right. So, so a woman could actually have orgasm two ways. In two different areas. In two different areas. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, you know, again, with the clitoris, you've got all you know all of these nerve endings and whatnot, but it's external. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to identify where the clitoris is, so you're not playing the guessing game of mm-hmm. "Am I going to hit it? Am I not? Are we in the right position? Are we not?" And it also, I think, because it is external, allows the woman and her spouse, you know, wife and husband, to figure out what type of stimulation feels good. Mm-hmm. you know because they can be laying side by side and it's not like you know it's not like trying to figure out where it is in the vagina it's the clitoris but when it comes to the clitoris what elisa and i learned for us in our marriage it required again it required elisa knowing where the heck it was right so that's where her self-exploration happened again we were together when she was doing this so i could see it mm-hmm. you know that that helped us and it helped me drastically because then she could put my fingers 
or my hand where it needed to be. And I have to say that, um, just as a side note, hormones, ladies, and where you are in your cycle plays a huge, huge role in achieving orgasm, at least for me, because your hormones fluctuate. And so that also plays into your arousal and awareness throughout the month. Um, If you're aware of how regular, you know, if you've got a regular cycle and you can kind of track where things are that week right around ovulation, everything's on heightened alert. What book did you read that you, that really helped you understand your menstrual cycle? I'm going to have to try and find that. That was um, a book an acupuncturist, Barbara, the acupuncturist had given me to read and it was like women's guide to her fertility or I've, I've got to look that up because okay. that was, that was a phenomenal book. Uh, maybe we, if you can find it, let's put a link to that because I remember you reading that book a couple of years ago now mm-hmm. or a few, maybe even three years Probably ago three or four, yeah. where you learn so much about that cycle and the hormonal mm-hmm. highs and lows that at that point in time, it really exploded our sex life. Well, it did because be- you were understanding more mm-hmm. of why at certain times in the month you were having more intense orgasms or multiple orgasms instead of not having them at all and maybe not even being lubricated enough. Right. And we would have to use lubrication to help out. But you began to understand that more and more, which then you I brought it to our marriage. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was, and you know, I think that was definitely a turning point for us. And that was before we did the 60 days of sex. Um, but it was, it was that information that I don't think gets covered in health classes and in sex ed and, um, you know, amongst your girlfriends or maybe from your mom, you know, there's a lot that goes on physiologically for women every month throughout their cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, our bodies as miraculous as they are, are programmed to be very receptive to men right around ovulation. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so be, be careful during that time. Yes. So you don't get pregnant if you don't want to, if get you pregnant. don't want to be pregnant, take extra precautions that week around your, um, when you're ovulating, but you know, learning through that book so much about me as a woman, mm-hmm. my hormones, um, you know, there was stuff in there about, I think there was stuff in there about orgasm, but just, just learning about all of my parts made me able to say, okay, Tony, here's who I am Uh, on the very fundamental biological level. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've got. Here's how it works. Here's what's going on hormonally. And we've been able to, and we use that every month, (laughs) that knowledge. Yeah. You know, we know where I am the week after my period, two weeks after my period, three weeks after my period. You know, we know what's going on with my body. And I, I will be, I will definitely find that book because if if you don't fully understand your body, it's very hard for your husband to do so. Um, that's not to say you can't achieve orgasm because I did achieve orgasm prior to reading that book, but hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, those first few years, more missing than hitting. <laughs> Um, but as you know, as we've grown in our marriage and as we've gotten more comfortable with each other and 
you know, have tackled some of these walls, you know, knocked down some of these walls of saying, okay, honey, can you do this? Will you try this? And I, I think, and I I don't want to say, I think bringing in sexual toys, as long as you guys are cool with it, go for it. Mm-hmm. For us, we we hadn't for years. It, it wasn't only till a handful of months ago that Elisa got like a little pocket finger vibrator. Well, actually, it was even before that. It was when um, what Seven Days of Sex Challenge last year we had Intentional Moments as a sponsor. Oh yes, and so you know through their sponsorship, we became aware of some of their products. Right, and we'll do, put uh, yeah, that I'm down. Yeah, bring it too. down right now. Because intentional moments is a is a great site. Nothing there is um, gonna deviate the husband, you men, into a world of looking at a bunch of women. So, but there are a bunch of different things that you can use again to stimulate each other and to heighten that orgasm that both of you may have. I know for myself, the arousal of allowing, or not allowing, but the arousal that I have knowing that I am stimulating my wife and she is achieving an orgasm and the pleasure is amazing for me. I mean, it really gets me sort of like, oh my gosh, this is so rad. And there are times I don't want to stop and she's just like, stop. So... Right, well, back when I was faking it, I would just fake it until oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, this is so wonderful. <laughs> I laugh now because that whole faking it thing, you know, I mean, I still hear women talk about faking it. They're like, yeah, you know, just, just enough to like get them to where it needs to be. And I'm like, why, why would you fake it? If you could have, you know, if you can get to a point where you can have your own, mm-hmm. th- there's no need to fake it. Because at that point in time, you can either say like Tony you know, was talking about earlier, honey, it's not going to happen for me tonight and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't need, you know, I don't need to orgasm every time we have sex. Right. And I'm okay with that as long as I'm, I'm told that. Right. And, and it, you know, it goes back to your spouse needs to know what feels good. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to take the lead and I'm taking this, you know, even farther than we put it in the book. You need to be able to take the lead and tell your spouse, I want you to touch me like this. And that goes for either side. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been times when Tony's like, mm, that that's not working for me. Don't, don't do that. And I, it's, Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was, it wasn't okay. You know, no yeah. big deal because I want him to be satisfied. I want him to be aroused and he wants the same for me. So why wouldn't we work on being able to talk together about this area of our marriage that in theory should bring us such enormous pleasure? You know, you want to talk about one area of your marriage that can literally light fireworks. Mm-hmm. Ladies, when you're having orgasm, there are fireworks going off. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one thing I want to to challenge you guys this week. If you've been looking at the seven days of sex challenge and just going, I'm not going to do it because I don't find any pleasure in it. Maybe the seven days of sex challenge for you is sort of the seven days of pleasure challenge. 
it is a time for the two of you to seek each other out, to find how to stimulate each other. So you as a wife can have an orgasm that's mind blowing and you as a husband can have, or you can give your spouse an orgasm that is mind blowing and that, you know, radiates for both of you because it is something that is so amazing and so fun that both of you really do get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. And by seeking and learning about each other over a course of seven days, I'm sure that you'll learn a lot about each other. Now, you may not orgasm every time, but that's okay because you're learning a lot about your sexuality, who you are, your your physical body, what feels good, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in our marriages, just like when we're having the conversation about finances or gosh, I want to say some other stuff, but I'm I'm losing my train of thought, but other tough areas, sometimes you got to just have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those conversations you have to have. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's too good a thing not to talk about it. it. It's vital to your marriage that you have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Now there may be some medical reasons why you can't, you know, I, that's a possibility. But if you and your spouse know that you, you can work around that. I remember there were some couples, um, last year during the seven days of sex challenge who, you know, couldn't have sexual intercourse Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. They found other ways to be intimate because they were aware and they knew, right. You know, so that that's a whole nother aspect of this. But if you are able to, and it's just because you haven't had the conversation, you haven't done some of the explore the exploration because you're not comfortable with that, then you know, this week be thinking about those baby steps. Like maybe we're gonna take one night and we're just gonna I don't know, leave the lights on and just touch. Or you're going to say, you know what, can we talk about this? I'd like to try, I I want you to touch me here. I want to see, like, let's not just jump straight into sex. Mm -hmm. Let's have some foreplay. But during that foreplay, I want to see if I can't maybe have a clitoral orgasm. Ladies, I can guarantee you if you mention to your husband that you want to try and have an orgasm, he's probably not going to say no. And in fact, his ears will probably be totally tuned into you because you've said the word orgasm in a sentence with him. <laughs> then he's going to wonder about all the other times that you were having one. And you probably will have to say at some point in time, I was faking it. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for that conversation. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for him to be surprised. Um, possibly a little hurt. But you're making a change for the better. Yeah. You know, you are... You're, you're going from ordinary to extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And it's an improvement that's going to work wonders in your marriage when you two are on the same page as far as this particular topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck, you guys. And if you have any questions, you have some, you know, you're, you're, you're 
butting your head up against the wall. You can always reach out to us. Our phone number is 858-876-5663. We don't play a lot of the audio and voicemails that we do get on the air because they are personal. So um, realize that we, we do understand your privacy and take that to heart. And that's why you haven't heard a lot of emails or voicemails as of recent because a lot of them were personal and um, we're not here to share that. Mm-hmm. But you can also reach me at ask Tony at one extraordinary marriage.com or ask Elisa at one extraordinary marriage.com. And to that, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. We hope that you achieve an orgasm. We hope that you find pleasure in your bedroom because it will seriously bring a smile to both of your faces. We love you guys and have yourself a great week. Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. The website is oneextraordinarymarriage.com and while you're there, you can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com.